Well, I didn't really know what to do with this request, so uh, I know your snooker would be nuts, so here we go. I might as well, rather than just talking, I might as well try and sing it. So, uh, snooker loopy nuts are we, me and him and them and me. We'll show you what we can do with a load of balls and a snooker cue. Pot the red, then screw back for the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink and black. Snooker loopy nuts are we. Hello and welcome to the Snooker Loopy podcast. My name is Tom Mayhew. I am a comedian, and I'm here with my very, very good friend um, Joe. Are you are you ready? Yes. Okay, he's ready. Celted. It's Joe Haddard. Oh, I love it. Hello. How are you doing, mate? You good? Yes, I'm good. Uh, um, I've been very much enjoying the World Championship. Sad it's nearly over. But, um, you know, I'm sure we've got a lot of snooker between now and Bank Holiday Monday as we record this. So, yes, excited. As we said in the last episode, Joe, you have been on your travels, haven't you? I have indeed. Um, got the short 40-minute train to Sheffield and uh, spent all of Saturday in Sheffield. And it was incredible it is is one word for it it was um what one of one of the best experiences of my life so far was to was to go there and really soak in the atmosphere it was just so different to when i went when i was a child because i was able to do what i want mm. and yeah not not feel that bad we got there early on the the saturday got there for about half eight and there's a starbucks on the corner of the crucible so we had our breakfast there didn't see any famous faces in starbucks i was uh, a bit bit disappointed i didn't see yan bing tao in there or something you know i'm quite sure he's not going to be hanging around sheffield right now <laughs> <laughs> well xiao Tong is is he really he's, he's, he's still in sheffield yeah he's still playing it the academy he was at, yeah, just on his own. I've read he's the only one that's uh, stayed in the country. Whether that means anything for their respective punishment. Mm. Well, if you stay in, in Sheffield, you get a shorter punishment. That's what I heard. So <laughs> That's true. That's that's where Stephen Lee messed up. <laughs> Whereas John Higgins was literally in Sheffield when uh, when all of the stuff about him came out. So <laughs> You're making it sound like it's a plausible thing if you stay in Sheffield. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so, you know, we, I mean, I've I spoke so much about Starbucks, I've not got time to talk about it the rest of the day now, so. Okay, yeah. well, that's Joe's but... Crucible recap done. <laughs> he, he went to Starbucks and didn't see Bing Tao. That's, uh... <laughs> yes, but a Bing I did see was oh. Stuart Bing, Bingham. Yes, yeah, so 10 o'clock we, was our session. Obviously, we had the Mark Allen Stuart Bingham match, or frame i should say yeah, is it is it technically a match if it's i guess it is but <laughs> i mean it's on i think you are the winner of where's joe because literally within a couple of minutes of mark allen breaking off in that frame you sent me a message with hashtag where's joe so i'm not gonna lie joe i had to watch the match twice because the first time i was watching it i was just looking for you <laughs> 
I wasn't paying attention to the snooker. I wasn't paying attention to anything that was happening. I was just going. So you had to start at nil nil again. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not. <laughs> yeah, I thought, oh, maybe Bingham will win this time. Maybe he's going to turn it around. But no, I had to watch the whole frame again because I, I wasn't paying attention. I was just trying to find where you were, and I got a lovely screenshot of you just behind Bingham. Yeah, I know. Well, what a what a picture that was. Hey, eh? a championship defining picture that. Take us through the whole experience then, because you turned up and yeah. How long were you waiting around after the Starbucks? Uh, well, we we went and had a look in the winter gardens. It was very quiet in the winter gardens at that point, so we sort of looked at the set, and then probably about quarter past to half nine, we started making our way into the Crucible. Which interestingly, they they were patting people down. Which I asked Toby, who had been earlier in the week, who said he wasn't patted down. And he went before the protester. So that is something that they've obviously put in since. So we got in. Um, yeah, I mean, we were premium ticket holders. So we got, because we were in the first four rows or something, we got complimentary program and commentary headset. Oh, so, very nice. There you go. Which the headsets were £12 this time. The last time I went, they were £5. So wow. that's inflation for you. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Uh, <laughs> and the programs were seven pound, which I'm fairly sure they were like ten pound the last time. So they've gone down in value. But uh, are they smaller? There it is, Tom. The uh, WST 2022-23 season. I'm glad it's uh it's branded in case there was people that are trying to sell like a knockoff earpiece. <laughs> well, you can get them for the cricket as well. So I suppose um I don't know if you would if that would work. I love the idea if you take in that earpiece to the cricket. And you put it in, and it's got John Virgo commentating on the cricket. <laughs> Where, where's the cricket ball going? Where's the spin ball going? <laughs> so yeah, um, we we picked those up. Mm-hmm. So you you just pick them up, which was which was good. I mean, we got two programs before. Rob Walker introduced everybody. He does this bit where he warms everybody up and he's like, oh, uh, switch your phones off, this, that, and the other. And he did a really nice gesture, actually. I, I don't know if you've seen anything about He's He's lost a few of his friends this year, and one of them was called Steve. So he's he, he asked anybody in the crowd, were, were they called Steve or Steve? And somebody put their hand up and he went, right, there's uh, a voucher for you to go and get a pint at the bar. I'm buying everybody called Steve. Uh, a pint oh, how lovely throughout the that? championship because I can't buy Steve a pint anymore is what he said. Oh, so, bless him. That's so that beautiful. was like, wow, Rob Walker. Um, I mean, is he buying Steve Davis a pint every day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that could be some sort of, of elaborate money laundering scheme, couldn't it? <laughs> but uh, I hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. But yes, um you know, so he warms everybody up, and then he's like, "Right, we're about to go live on the BBC, and we're literally watching BBC Two on the on the screens inside mm-hmm. the Crucible." So that was weird. So we see Seema Jaswell and whatever on there, and you can hear it through your earpiece. And then Rob introduces players and this that, and the other. There's also another screen, you know, where the referees, like the markers, sit. So like there's always like a second assistant referee, if you like, of snooker. Um, there's also a TV near them which projects the overlay of the foul and a miss thing. You know when they're like putting the ball back in position, yeah. and they overlay the they they put that which I've never realised that they show that f- for the referee before. So it sort of defeats the object of Jan Verhasco. No, you need to go 
left a bit, left a bit, left a bit, mm. right a bit. Because <laughs> they could literally see it on a 75-inch TV screen. But with all but... due respect, is him saying left a bit, right a bit for the referees like a Leo Scallion, whose eyesight is maybe not as good as it used to be? <laughs> yes, possibly, possibly, yeah. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, the actual in-Crucible experience was very good. We went and looked at the merchandise before going in. The merchandise stall, very interesting things there. They're still selling World Snooker Championship 2011, <laughs> which I find hilarious. Surely, Joe, World Championship Snooker 2011. It's a game that's 12 years old on a, on two generations of console ago. So surely, I mean, it's I imagine it's fairly cheap. What is it, a fiver? <laughs> 30 quid. 30 quid? Yeah. I mean that's yeah. incredible, isn't it? Like I know. Well, it was the same price as Snooker Nineteen. That's what <laughs> got me. That that tickled me. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that was there. Um, there were Q towels. I bought a Q towel. That was quite cool because it's got the WST logo on it. And genuinely, one of the weirdest things I found there was what was called a chalk holder, and it seemed to be this like string. It looked like a red ball. Um, and it had a little chalk-sized hole in it. And I have no idea what use you would have for that, and I couldn't justify spending £8 on it, so I, I just didn't. However, I did buy a ball marker, a referee's ball marker. I thought that was a hilarious acquisition. So, How much was yeah. that? Uh, that one, I think that was £6, so... Yeah, um, I now have a six-pound ball marker for all of the refereeing that I'm going to do. Yeah, you know. if, you, if you fancy going out one day and pretending to be Jan Verhaas. If you're not quiet, somebody will take you out. How much did you spend in total? At uh, there, yeah, um, sixteen pound. Oh, I thought you were going to go seven hundred pounds. No, I didn't. I, I I didn't go silly with it. Um, nah, there there wasn't anything that I really really wanted. I just wanted a couple of little mementos like the ball marker. Um, I was going to buy the chalk holder simply to have cue the laughter. Um... <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to what you have for cue the laughter now. Well, I I I guess the ball marker is me cue the laughter. So <laughs> sorry, folks. There you go. Cue the laughter done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick section they didn't even realize it was happening and it's done yeah uh and you know the t-shirts were cool but they did they didn't really have um good sizes in them really so but no overall it was a very good experience at the crucible and you know by two o'clock you've got the the rest of the day ahead of you and i really would recommend if you go do the morning session because then you get to spend the whole day in Sheffield and really soak up that atmosphere. I mean, as you know, we w- we went to the Ronnie O'Sullivan shop because it was a meet and greet with the ball run himself, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean that was that was cool. That was probably the highlight of the day, actually. With you know going into that shop, there was good things in there. I bought a T-shirt in there because there was a deal where if you spend twenty pound or more in Ronnie's shop, then you got a free snooker ball off signed snooker ball off Stuart Bingham. Oh, lovely! So, yeah, I mean, Stuart Bingham walked in, uh, and he, he looked directly at me and, and was like, "You all right?" Oh, amazing! Yeah. I, as he walked into the shop, and um, yeah, well, that was nice. And then we uh, did you uh, did you fanboy a bit? Did you go, Stuart Bingham? I, you know what? 
I didn't quite, but um, it was surreal. It was surreal that he was just there and you know <laughs> walked in and yeah, it, it was just weird. Uh, I, I suppose it's it's the best way I can describe it. And you know, we had to queue up and whatever to um, do the photo and and get the signed uh, snooker ball. But we, you know, we went up to him, got a picture, took it. You know, it wasn't a chat. It was very quick. It was like right next, and you know, got a few photos with him. And he, he insisted that, because I went with my, my partner, he insisted, no, both of you can have a, a red snooker ball. So um, we've got a, a set of Stuart Bingham snooker balls, which I don't know if you can see, Tom, in the background. Yeah, I can. That's amazing. There, there they are. So, uh, yeah, and then I'd forgotten to get my program signed. So hmm. um, I went back in the queue and said, oh, can I get my program signed? He signed that for me as well. So I've got a signed Stuart Bingham program. Oh, uh, fantastic! To, to give away to our viewers. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. <laughs> they all got so it. they got so excited for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was amazing. You know, some really good photos with with Stuart there as well. But it wasn't that busy. And the the next story it, it is hilarious, right? So Ronnie's shop is probably a thirty second walk from the stage door of the Crucible. So mm. that's around the back where the players go in and out. So. We've seen a big crowd around there. Obviously, Ronnie was um, playing at 2.30, so people were anticipating Ronnie turning up. So, yeah, I've seen Mark Selby come out with uh, There is Vicky. Uh, so, you know, I nearly I nearly asked Vicky for a photo. Um, <laughs> but, like, literally, right, there's this crowd of people here. Mm. Nobody budges for Mark Selby. Like, literally nobody. Okay? Wow. Not a single person goes, Mark, can I have a photo? And he just walks down past Ronnie O'Sullivan's shop hmm. where Stuart Bingham is sat. And yeah. he's still <laughs> he's walking on. Um, and then we've seen Joe Perry come out of the stage door and he's walking up towards the Winter Gardens. Did the crowd go wild? Not really. And then I've seen Jan Verhas and Rob Spencer having a cigarette. <laughs> but Jan, but <laughs> Jan Verhas, what a sport. There was... Um, little kid probably about seven eight uh he's going yan yan um and so yan comes over to the railings and he come comes around and he's like give me a high five and you proper crouches down big tall yan has crouches down has a proper photo with him and oh, has a proper him. chat to like the crowd around there and i, I was like wow because i wouldn't have expected and like yan's a nice guy but i wouldn't have expected him to be chatty with people um and then the the next thing i i, I know so where so it's sort of a road and we're on one side of the crossing and the the crowd the horde is on the other side so anyway out the corner of my eye i'm like oh is that stephen hendry and stephen hendry's walking down i'm like i recognized him because he was in his uh rubbish bin outfit but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no he wasn't he wasn't really can i um... can i hear my old man's adjustment in the distance <laughs> Yeah, so he's walking down. I'm like, I'm like Rachel. I have to go and try and get a photo with Steve Dendry. And you know, he's stopping for everybody. He's stopping mm. for everybody. Um, anyway, typical when it when it gets to me, there's this woman with a digital camera, and she's like shoving it in our faces, like take a picture of me with Stephen. Oh. And he's like, and, 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 I mean, you, <laughs> you've got the picture. He, he looks rather disturbed. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, there's you know, a lovely he... picture of Joe next to Stephen Hendry, <laughs> and Stephen Hendry looks like he has just listened to our podcast talking about his singing. <laughs> yeah, I did say Stephen, you're rubbish. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, 
Yeah, he didn't say too kindly to that. But Did you ask no, him I... if he'd record Where's the Cue All Going? Well, he, he was too quick. He ran off after that. <laughs> he had, but, you know, still got me picture with Stephen Hendry's looking as miserable as ever. But um... In a way that makes it better, I think. Yeah, it's hilarious. But um, all of this is happening. While Stuart Bingham is literally sat 30 seconds mm. away where people could go and meet Stuart Bingham. Mm. They might not get a signed ball, but they could at least go and see him. Mm. Yet, they're all crowded round waiting for, for Ronnie. Um, so anyway, you know, all of that happens. Well, there is um, a weird kind of subset of snooker fans who literally only care about Ronnie. True. True. And presumably, there were fans thirty years ago who only cared about Hendry and only cared about Davis. There are these, yeah. you know, like the kind of football fans who'd watch Match of the Day, they'd watch Man United, then turn it off. And I feel like they only really care about their one chosen player. And, and I, when you're proper snooker nerds like we are, we find it a bit <laughs> weird because we're like, mate, why would you not be? It's bloody Stuart Bingham. He's a former world champion yeah. over there. He's won the Masters and. Yeah. Frankly, he's probably much funnier than Ronnie O'Sullivan most days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, Ronnie does eventually turn up in a big black Mercedes, gets dropped off, gets ushered in. It was like, blink and you'll miss it. Five seconds, out of his car, into the stage door. Did give a little wave to the crowd, so I did set eyes on Ronnie. That's why they call him the rocket. Five seconds, boom, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> I've heard that as well, Tom. I don't know what <laughs> stories you've heard. But, uh, yeah, uh, he was. He, he went away, and then we thought, right, okay. I, I was feeling pretty rough at this point, actually. I felt quite unwell after the Crucible. I don't know why. Um, so I was like, no, nah, let, let's go and get some lunch. So anyway, we're walking down the street, Um and and bloody Neil Robertson walks past, like literally just walks, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Neil Robertson! Like his bleach blonde hair, and he's just walking in the streets, and uh, he he's off to his session. And then we turn the corner back towards the Winter Gardens, and Hossein mm. Vafai walks past. Amazing! And, uh, like, just honestly, that like ten minute period, I, I you know I saw nearly double figures worth of Stuka personalities. And that's like that's bonkers, and that's it's like what I imagine Hollywood must be like. That you just see these random, like it was like snooker Hollywood. I think yeah. that's how I described it because Neil Robertson is just walking down a street. That's incredible, absolutely incredible. So, like, absolutely, if you go into the Crucible, st- stick around. Don't just go and watch the match. Go and wait by the stage door and just see who you see. And some, some people will be happy to stand and talk to you and have pictures with you. And some people will be focused. And, you know, I've quite a few of the crowds when Roddy went in, they were like, is that it? And I, he was about to come on in 15 minutes. So I'm, I'm like, I respect it in a way. If you don't want to interact with the crowd, that's your choice, your personal choice. So, Well, also to be completely honest, if Ronnie did turn up and take time to take, to have a photo of everyone waiting, he'd be he'd be late for the match. He'd get <laughs> doctor. Dr. Frame, he'd be yeah. doctor frame for not turning up on time. So he 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 yeah. literally knows I don't have time to talk mm. to any to everyone. So he won't talk to anyone, which I think is kind of fair. Yeah, absolutely. So that that was um, that was a, a crazy ten minute period. Um, I'll just quickly talk about the the afternoon um, where we hung around the Winter Gardens a lot. So there's a lot of 
footage of uh, us in the, the background of the Winter Garden shot. Um, I played on the Q-Zone table twice, so uh got content for the, the YouTube channel coming up. So Did you play well? It started so well, and then I just panicked. But Because um, well, the first one was a speed challenge, so once I ran out of position, I was like, oh, crap. And mm-hmm. then uh, second time, uh, I mean... I, to use Jimmy's phrase, I just couldn't deal with the conditions really. <laughs> but um, I mean, you'll see, you'll see that the the white. Um, so I pop the yellow, and the white sort of stops, and then it starts like moving back and forward on the table as if somebody's like got a magnet under the table. It's just really bizarre. And I like sort of quipped, I was like, "Oh, look at the spin on that." Um, uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the WST guy was very impressed, but <laughs> I think that's uh, that's Dominic Dale that's underneath the table, the magnet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, the Winter Gardens experience was great. There was also a Harry Hill lookalike there, which was weird. I could, Rachel was like, "Joe, Harry Hill's there," and I'm like, "There's no way that's Harry Hill. He looks too young to be Harry Hill." But <laughs> has Harry Hill had Botox? <laughs> I would send you this. But it was just weird. He was standing in the queue ready to play on the table and then had a frame on the table and then just left. I will send you the picture of Harry Hill playing Stunker and you, you can judge for yourself whether that's Harry Hill. Since you're, you know, in the comedy scene, you might... Uh... I've met Harry Hill once. So... <laughs> oh, well, uh, the, this is the this is the deciding factor. Wow. Whoa, no, that, that might be Harry Hill, mate. You reckon? Well, he's got... He's dressed as Harry Hill. Yes, he's dressed as Harry Hill. That's uh, that. That was the only thing. But then, then, but then, I was like, why the hell was he dressed as Harry Hill and then not doing anything? All he did was queue up and play the frame of Stuka, then leave. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't like interview, uh, get interviewed, or speak to anybody. And why would he be wearing his like comedy outfit if he was just out at the Winter Gardens? I just, I don't know. It, it seemed a bit odd to me. I mean, I like the idea of him turning up, playing a frame, and then just buggering <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, so there, there you go, conundrum uh, for you, countdown conundrum. Yeah, I mean, overall, Tom, it was it was very good. And I think even if you can't get tickets for it, I think make the trip to go and experience the, the atmosphere around it. They've got a big screen and beer garden sort of out the front of the Crucible. Um we sat there and watched the end of the the Ronnie O'Sullivan match, and that was amazing. With you know, in the the commentary, you can hear that. And uh, funnily enough, your commentary radios work just outside the Crucible as well. So even if you're not on the table, you want you can listen to it. My dream is one day, Joe. This podcast is big enough that they invite us to the Crucible, and we can we can chat. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. We need to stop insulting players and giving them all. Um, sausage nickname and maybe and talked about Steve Davis and Chris Henry's balls and we might we might <laughs> actually get there I mean you say this Joe it's already too late I feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well surely they see the funny side Ba-dum-bum. right anyway uh, the championships obviously we're at the quarterfinal stage now but yeah who do you feel is um, likely to make the semis because like, it's very unpredictable Genuinely, I, I I was thinking that maybe this was as far as Xi Jiawei was going to get, but he started very well against Maguire. Not Maguire. McGill. He started very well <laughs> against McGill. I'll edit that so I look slick. 
<laughs> Even though I'm laughing in the background. Um, yeah. I, I McGill um, has played very well so far this tournament, but he wasn't very convincing yesterday against Lazowski. So I wonder if he's picked too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe like Robertson did, potentially like John Higgins might have. I think you always want to peak in, in probably around the semi-final, really. So, you know, McGill can't play any better than he did when, when we went to see him. So, yeah, you know, C's got as good a chance as any, you know, to, to get through the semis. But McGill will see that as well. It's the first time he's probably been a favourite for a match. So mm. that's a different pressure. I think Ronnie's a hot favourite to get to the final at this point. Um, yeah. Just his interviews and the way he's playing, he seems he seems like he wants it. So usually when Ronnie wants something, he he gets it. So uh, I'd be very very surprised if he didn't get in the final. On the other side of the draw, obviously you've got Mark Allen and Jack Jones, and I thought maybe Jack Jones had, had got as far as he'd got, a bit like you did with C. But again, he started very well against Mark Allen. Again, I I'm not that convinced about Mark Allen um, I know lots of people are, are raving about him but I'm not 100% convinced he's at his best and I think the likes of Jack Jones is somebody that could beat Mark Allen mm. um, I think he's actually more likely to get beat by Jack Jones than Mark Selby for instance. Well I think it's that thing where everyone talks about Mark Allen being you know the player of the season but it can be a thing sometimes, like with, I would say, Robert Milkins, where he had a very good season, but then when it came to the World Championship, he just looked a bit burnt out and, and wasn't mm-hmm. on it and played probably his worst match of the season because he was probably just shattered from having played in so many matches. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I can't see him winning it, I've got to be honest. I know a lot of people are tipping him, but I think whoever he comes up against in the semi-final... I don't think he's going to beat them over 33 frames. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I I just can't see anything different from a Ronnie John Higgins final. Um, And weirdly, I can't see... I I see Jack Jones getting to the semi-final if he can hold himself together. But uh, that would be a huge payday for him. I mean, that would be 100 grand, wouldn't it, for Jack Jones? If he does win, uh, he will halve his ranking from 52 to 26, and you can't often say that, can you? So, um, I mean, C's already into the top 64. He's he's done well there. If C won, he would um, won the whole thing. He'd be the youngest world champion ever. Yes, yeah. Uh, and he'd be up to number six in the world, I think. Which would be pretty massive, wouldn't it? But he'd also um, be the, the lowest-ranked world champion ever. Yes, I think that current honour is Sean Murphy, isn't he? He was something mm-hmm. like number 52, I think. So, <laughs> As if Sean needed another reason to have a rivalry with C at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just bonkers, isn't it? But yeah, what what do you think, Tom? What are your thoughts on it? I still fancy Mark Allen to reach the final, or at okay. least the semis. I, I mm. just feel like he will find another gear even though i wouldn't mind jack jones beating him even though i've backed alan to win it it's so exciting to have two real underdogs turn up and play so well it's the first time since sean murphy where it's really felt like 
oh, okay, people have qualified and sort of unknown names. I know people like Bingham have been qualifiers and done well, but it's the first time in recent memory I've gone, oh, wow, someone's qualified as a debutante and they're having a proper go and they, they look like they could beat the world number three, which is yeah. brilliant. It's brilliant to watch. Yeah. It's um, yeah. And so it would be nice to see at least one of them get through to the semis, I think, if they if they could manage it. But I do think, I just feel like it, Ronnie Higgins, as you say, it's... It's written in the stars. <laughs> like it just, it just feels like it's going to happen. So yeah, I think I'd agree with you. That might be the final. I mean, what a match that would be, you know, because Higgins will be well up for. Like, he won't buckle at the sight of Ronnie. No, wanting to win eight titles, I think a Mark Allen potentially would, and I definitely think other players would. I'd, you know, Selby and Higgins are the ones where you say mm, they're not going to care because they want five themselves. So, shall we cue the music, Joe? Yes, cue the music, Tom. So this episode's cue the music is a sequel or a follow-up to Snooker Loopy. It's part of the same universe, I suppose. This is the the Romford rap. Um, any any early opinions on this, Joe? Again, you know, heard of it, aware of it, don't remember it. But uh, it's by Chaz and Dave again, isn't it? By Chaz and Dave and the Matchroom Mob once again. Yeah. Far less successful than Snooker Loopy, only reached number 95 in the charts. Well, how dare they? And uh, this one featured Chaz and Dave, obviously, with Steve Davis, Jimmy White, Willie Fawn, Dennis Taylor, Tony Mayo, Neil Folds and Terry Griffiths. Shall we uh, have a listen? Mm-hmm. Now split up the bugles and if you're lucky, mate, you might sky a newlywed. Then if you can't see your way to put the chimney, try to sink the kitchen instead. Now and then again you get an awkward one and a Georgie is required to try to sky another newlywed or any bugle that's desired. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, what have you just made me watch, Tom? It, it's bizarre, isn't it? Absolutely it's bizarre, bizarre. The, the dropping quality, I would say. <laughs> the Romford crap, I would call it. <laughs> I love that. The Romford crap, yeah. But uh, it's just um, a bit bizarre, really. Um, I just love that, that, that these snooker players were apparently sex symbols. Like, who is going around going, oh, I want a bit of Terry Griff, you know. Again, I think what it lacks is the snooker theming. I think that's what was so good about Snooker Loopy. And there, there is Snooker theme in it, obviously, the yellow, green, mm. brown, blue, pink and black. But it just doesn't doesn't feel like there's no imagery in it. Yeah, the players have less of a less of their personality in it in terms of their little spoken word bits. They say about one line each and it's less yeah. it's, not, it's not funny like in Snooker Loopy. It's just them mm. going Oh, yeah, you got to pot the ball or whatever. That's all it is. The music video, as you say, is strangely sexual. <laughs> like, you have women with their bums bumping against well, the, the giant hang on. snooker table. We do see their faces when that happens, so there's nothing to prove that that's not Dennis Taylor. <laughs> okay, that. we have Dennis Taylor bumping his bum against a snooker table. Thank you. There's uh, one bit where a woman drags Willie Ford into a pocket, presumably to create little little willies of her own 
well, I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> so I'll you be honest, mate, neither did I that time, neither did I. <laughs> like, the music video must be much higher budget to have that giant snooker table, but mm. it's just less fun. It's got less of the mm. charm of Snooker Loopy. Yeah. It feels like the first song was such a success, they were like, how can we recapture this? But they have just utterly failed. Yeah, I, I can't add any more, really. I have to say, it's still better than The Wanderer, I think. Ooh. I think. Is that just because you like seeing Dennis's bum in the music video? Oh, you've got me there. <laughs> got me there. Yeah, but I mean, what I found hilarious was um, which players were dressed as which colour. Mm. I think we we were talking, and I said, you'd be gutted if you were the one that was the brown. Like, who likes the brown? And what a horrible waistcoat. <laughs> Looked like an old old leather sofa that he was walking around in. Tony Mayo, I think it was, wasn't it? So Maybe he wanted to be the brown bull, who knows? But he's still worth more than the yellow and the green, so... Yeah, yeah, which was Dennis and... Uh, I don't know who the yellow was. Why but... is Dennis the green? I guess Irish? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, probably. Well, probably why is that. Willie Thorne the pink, you know? Well, I don't want to go into that, Joe. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's for the Snooker Late Night Extra show. Yes, we haven't mentioned that yet, have we? So, there you go. There you go. There's our... See, we, we, you know, this is the most unscripted thing that you can probably find on the sound waves. But uh, we always manage to get that one in there. <laughs> we do, we do. Whether people want it or not, we always... <laughs> well, nobody's ever mentioned it, so... <laughs> But, I mean, there's a reason this song hasn't stood the test of time. I think it's average. I would I would go out mm. and say I'd give it... I'd probably put it on par with The Wanderer. I'd give it a 4 out of 10 for me. I'm going to give it 5, just because it's got Dennis and Steve. Uh, I don't think... I obviously had Alex... And Jimmy in the the old one, but um, in the Wanderer, sorry, but yeah, five for me. It's got good character. I can tell they're enjoying it, which is nice. But um, well, I'm sure they did enjoy it. <laughs> well, highlight of Dennis's career, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> Right, we should uh, wrap it up, Joe, because we are rapidly in our time coming close to the start of a, another session of snooker. But thank you very much for joining me. Absolutely, and, and thanks for having me, Tom. I'm sure we'll be talking about the, the worlds many more times before it's done. Will it be... I'm trying to work out what day the uh, quarters end. Well, the first day, do they end? Tomorrow. And tomorrow, tomorrow, so we might be back uh, on yeah. Thursday. Then the yeah. final suddenly yeah. here. God, it goes quick, doesn't it? It's like a whirlwind world championship every single year. Except the world wins never there. Well, he does punditry on Eurosport. Yeah, I suppose he does try and qualify. He's know. always in the qualifiers. He's been in the qualifiers every year for the past 46 years or something stupid like that, I think. But thank you very much, Joe. Enjoy the, the rest of the snooker. Yes, you too, Tom, and, and obviously to everybody at home. Um, enjoy it. Do let us know in the comments. We do like reading them. Do Do try and come up with some original... Uh, content for us and do tell us whether you want to hear more about snooker extra because nobody ever mentions it 
and Joe is trying to finance it at the moment. He's desperately trying to raise the funds to uh, make it a TV show. Yeah. Well, Tom, you've had series on the BBC before, so I think we can make this happen. <laughs> oh, it's on me, is it? Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, who else is it going to be? How are you? Come on. <laughs> There we go. Look out for that soon. Please do also comment if you've been to the Crucible and found anything weird that you think we can talk about. Let us know and we'll catch you very soon. Bye bye.